This is the Athletic Hockey Show. All right, folks. We listened. We are back on a Friday. <laughs> it's Haley Salvian. That's all right. Yeah. It's Sean Gentilly. Recording this on a Thursday evening for your posting pleasures or your needs, posting whatever. pleasures. Yeah, that gave me pause. For you sickos who want to listen to this show at 7 a.m. on a yes. Friday morning, it's here. The show is ready. We did this for you. Hello, Sean. Hi. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Man, I really thought I thought we got away from that. Nope. I never thought I was gonna have to hear that again. Alas. Oh. Oh, you that's were talk- very. You were talking off you. mic. There's, there's big. <laughs> yeah. Big development okay. in your world. So. There's a lot happening, in the NHL. A lot happening in the life of Haley Salvian. Bono rolled in a stick of chewing gum, like chewed gum. It wasn't just the stick. And now there's gum stuck in his hair. So while everyone's talking about Kyle Dubas, and everyone's talking about Brad True Living, Uh Andrew Burnett, whatever it may be, the cup final, I am chasing my French bulldog around with a piece of sharp cheddar and... A bounty sheet doused in vegetable oil a because I bounty read... bounty sheet? That's like brand no, name paper sorry. towel show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Bounce is the dryer stuff. Bounty. Yeah. A bounty. Like a good, like a premium paper towel for his skin and fur. <laughs> doused in vegetable oil because I read online that's how you get gum out of hair. Um, and the dog was very frightened by the paper towel. Hey, traumatize him. He is, well, he's fine. He's sleeping next to me, but the gum is still there. So if anybody, before we get to the show, yeah, before we get to the Dubas news, the if you part. have a tip on how to get gum out of your dog's hair, let me know. And no, I won't be providing details about how the gum got there. I don't know. I just pet him and there was gum on his body. And now I'm kind of freaking out. <laughs> how do we transition into Kyle Dubas? From the- <laughs> so... The penguins go from one sticky situation there to... There we go. <laughs> but really, they go from Ron Hextall. That the reminds me of the time. Was that the grandpa from The Simpsons? Oh, it's every family guy transition ever. You know, Peta, that reminds me of the time where... Oh, God. D- don't talk like that for too long or else you're going to activate a very weird corner of the internet. Oh, dear. Okay. But for real... The Penguins announced today that Kyle Dubas has been named the president of hockey operations. So there's lots of speculation, lots of people kind of waiting and wondering throughout this week. When is Kyle Dubas going to be announced as GM of the Penguins? What's the holdup? I think some people started to think, oh, maybe he's looking out for the Ottawa situation. Um, Maybe that's what happened. We don't know. We cannot confirm or deny that speculation. But we do know now that he has been named the president of hockey operations of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sean? Was this common knowledge that he grew up a Sounders fan? Like, is that a bit of... uh... I, 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 that could be fake, honestly. I, I saw it online. I think it might be in his Wikipedia page. 
In really? the Sioux, he grew up as a Sens fan. I mean, which, I know that he was like always quite interactive with certain Sens fans. Like I, Brian, five or six. <laughs> Matt Bosty. <laughs> rotisserie chicken, Matt Bosty. <laughs> the, uh, I bet you he asked Kyle Dubas to go for a rotisserie chicken one time. So that, I think seeing that, the Sens job is good. Right? Great young core. That roster's stacked and set up for short and long-term success. The ownership thing is whatever. I don't think it really crossed my mind, and this is 100% biased because of where I'm from and where I live. It did not cross my mind that Kyle Dubas would turn down the Penguins <laughs> to work for the Sens until yesterday when I when I saw that little bit of trivia on the on the, on the Wikipedia page that he that he grew up a he grew up a Sens fan. Right. So it it didn't happen. The process took because that's kind of what happens, I think, in searches like this, where the process takes longer than maybe we initially thought. Right, because it seemed like we were cruising towards a resolution maybe before the weekend, and then it turned into uh, the FSG people were in Monaco at, at the Grand Prix, and then there's you know a holiday weekend in the states, and it's like maybe it'll be Tuesday, maybe it'll be Wednesday. So you start like connecting the dots and thinking like, is this actually going to happen, or is it not? Mm-hmm. And then of course you know, seemingly out of nowhere, just when people are really starting to ask questions like, okay, what's happening here? Is there some kind of legitimate holdup on on one end or another? Ten thirty. Penguins break their own news, which is hilarious. Um, but yes, I, I, so I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not even leading in anything in particular there, but it's, it's it's been, it's been, it's been a long, it was a longer, it's just a weird, we're talking about this, about this process. Like it's some long drawn out thing. And maybe to an extent it seems like it was, but we're still talking about, you know, Ten days ago, the, the, the Kyle Dubas was. It's crazy. It's crazy how quickly stuff stuff moves. Totally, and I feel like the Ottawa stuff is also a really good reminder of like just like sometimes can we just let the process play out and not be like looking for each and every shred of mm-hmm. some kind of intel we can find. Like the Sens ownership sale process has been kind of a disaster because kind of a there's disaster. so much like oh well i'm hearing this and now i'm hearing this and now i'm hearing this oh well actually like they don't even have all the money yet and actually i don't think anyone's been the preferred bidder yet and then we look at the dubis situation and it's like oh well he's actually weighing his options between ottawa and and pittsburgh and he's going to be the pittsburgh gm but then now he's announced as the president of hockey operations and i understand this like desire and constant need for new information um, but I think this was a pretty good example of like, let's just let the Penguins thing play out. Mm-hmm. And now we know that he's the president of Hockey Ops. Um, we're going to dive into that more with Rob Rossi. He covers the Penguins. He was at the introductory press conference for Kyle Dubas today. Um, but number I, one, I think I it's really. Okay. <laughs> I didn't go. Okay. Like do you want, derel- do you have a story as my to duty why? There. No, I don't have a story. <laughs> I don't have an, I don't have an excuse. I didn't feel like it. Okay. It was busy. Okay. This was like um, a, it was like a day. This was like a day ruiner. Like I, I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of other work stuff that I had planned to, that I had planned to do. 
when you have something like that, that's huge, huge news in general. And then also specifically to me, because it's the penguins and whatever else. It was like someone just dropped a, you know, drop, dropped a bomb in the, in the middle of my afternoon. Don't appreciate it. Well, you had a story come out about uh, the availability. It was taken live. So you got to listen. You got to watch. Um, you had a good column about it. Josh Yoey had a story. Rob's going to join us. But I think the first thing to say about this, as you mentioned, Penguins dropped this news at around 1030 Eastern time. Brad Tree Living, by the way, was being introduced in his press conference as the new GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs at 11 o'clock Eastern. The Penguins effectively got the jump on the news, like took mm-hmm. over the news cycle Shop and ensured baby. that nobody from Toronto had time to hop on the highway and get to Pittsburgh for that press conference. It's Man. petty. It's great. Go Penguins. Do you think someone would have done that if Brad Tree Living was not? Yes! Absolutely. If the Dubas availability was tomorrow, there would be Leafs media in attendance. It's a five-hour drive. What Absolutely. if it were like? What if it were like we're announcing this news at ten thirty, and the presser is at three thirty? So what? They just had enough time to get there. If it was like Toronto reporter X needs to drop what he's doing and get on the road right now. I bet. I bet they would. Yeah, because there weren't a lot of questions asked about what happened with Toronto, and that is topical. He, two weeks ago, not even he was talking about how. If it's not here, it's nowhere. And I think he's taken a lot of heat for that. Um, I do think, though, I don't know if you feel differently. Maybe this was just a grand power move by Kyle Dubas to get the kind of autonomy and power in organization that he wanted. But I also think some of the anger towards him, quote unquote, walking back or turning, you know, lying about saying, it's here or nowhere is I think it's like it's I think it's unfair because in the context of those comments, he made that comment while they were in negotiations for a new deal, like they were going to get a deal done at that point. So then Kyle goes and says it's either here or nowhere. And then he goes to Brendan Shanahan and says, yep, I want to be here. It's Toronto. Brendan Shanahan fires him. And then the next morning, the Pittsburgh Penguins ask permission to interview Kyle Dubas. And he goes, talks to his family and goes, yeah, I'll talk. <laughs> the The context, the situation is completely different. This the is not people- Kyle Dubas saying, I'm not going to go and sh- like, look for another job right now. I w- I'm either going to be here or nowhere. And then he gets fired. And it's like, yeah, okay, I guess, I guess I'll talk to my family and see if they're okay going somewhere else. And he did. And I think this is a win for, for the Pittsburgh Penguins at the end of the day. Oh, God, absolutely. And what percentage of the people who are mad, air quotes mad today about Dubas taking a, a new job so quickly. Those are 90% people who were thrilled that he got fired in the first place. <laughs> I, th- I think it's an argument that I think yeah. it's an argument that's being made in bad faith by, by uh, a certain it's people who didn't like him in a general. certain, a certain brand of Leafs fans who had an ax kind of been like, okay, let's, let's, let's table this and, and, and bring on Rossi. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's drop this part of the conversation. Um, because we have someone who was at the press conference who's been covering this for a while. It's Rob Rossi, our colleague from Pittsburgh. Nothing going on today, Rob. What do you want to talk about? Uh, uh, Ted, Ted Lasso finale? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. However. No, thanks. I'm feeling <laughs> like it's going to be stupid and disappointing. 
<laughs> the heel the heel turn on Haley and Ted Lasso is yeah. Shock. I didn't favorite. think I didn't think the third season was as bad as people have been making it out to be, but there are a lot of things that they're doing where I'm like, this is like what's happening right now. Like I, I'm not even I gonna will, spoil it for people. I, I won't spoil it for you, but if you were a fan of the first season, the finale you'll probably not hate. It's a ringing we'll endorsement. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. All right. So the penguins. Yes. Make big news today. It's the big news of the day. It completely trumped the Broad Tree Living introductory press conference in Toronto. Was it on purpose? We don't know, but it's fun anyways. Uh, Kyle Dubas hired in Pittsburgh as the president of hockey operations. Lots of talk about him being uh, the guy for the GM job. We know that once he became available, there was a full court press to bring him into Pittsburgh. Uh, but it's not as the GM. It's the it's the president. He's in the big seat. He's got the power, the autonomy. We assume the big bucks that he maybe wanted in Toronto. What oh, do you bigger. think, Rob? Bigger. <laughs> bigger. Yeah. Bigger. Ooh. Um, what do we think, Rob? What do we what's your initial thought on on the news of the day and in the fun fun aspect of uh plopping that press conference right before the Leafs? Yeah. Came? Yeah. No, I, so I'm not surprised. Uh when this happened, uh the the regime changed. Um I wrote, I think that next day or the day after about how Kyle Dubas was always the guy Fenway sports group who owns the penguins, uh, sort of had as their dream candidate. Um, they didn't think they'd get them because once the Maple Leafs won the first round, they figured he's coming back. Right. Um, and they were pretty far down the line with other candidates as we've reported. Um, you know, some of the other people that we knew were in the mix, were Matthew Darsh, Eric Tolsky. Um, uh, they wanted to talk to Jeff Greenberg uh, with the Blackhawks. They weren't uh, allowed permission to do that. Um, Greeley in Dallas, um, a couple others. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. Dan McKinnon in New Jersey. Um, these were just some of the people that made it through the, you know, like the first round of interviews. Um, and and they were close, as I understand it. The to doing a negotiation with somebody going into the weekend of Dubas's firing. And what mm -hmm. happened was he um, he became available. And as he said at the press conference or, or the media availability, whatever you want to call it, Tom Werner, who's the, you know, chairman of, of Fenway sports group, he called him the next day and said, look, we want to, we want to talk to you. And from there it was, it was really a matter of, hashing it out. And, and the, the reason the press conference was today was because, um, FSG's full group, John Henry, Tom Werner, Sam Kennedy, they wanted to be there for the, uh, be there in person mm -hmm. and they couldn't get in until today because they had prior business, um, wow. yesterday. So it, it just kind of worked out funny with the Maple Leafs and the Penguins having these like dueling things. But I, um, I've, I've heard from many of my Canadian, uh, brethren and sister, sister, is that the word? Um, Sistrin, yes. Sistrin. And, uh, <laughs> they're all convinced it was a conspiracy to keep Canadians out of Pittsburgh to ask tough yeah. questions. So, uh -huh. I, uh, I had a, I had a conversation to that effect probably five minutes ago. Really? <laughs> It was with me. With I said yeah. whether with, or with, not with that's another, true. With another Canadian on this on the Zoom call. 
Right, but I didn't say that I hated it. I, I thought it was kind of funny. I think yeah. it would be great. I Rob, I know, funny. Rob, I know in your heart of hearts, you wish that that would have been <laughs> something they would have they would have chosen deliberately. I, I just, it just I find the whole thing hysterical because if you had, if we had seen a movie right where the whole thing with the penguins happens the way it did, and we mm-hmm. chronicled that Josh and I and our story about the chaos of the last regime. Yeah, what story? Um, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything like, about this one. If if that was the first movie, right? And the follow-up became what happened with Toronto, starting mm-hmm. with the second round loss and the way it just fell apart in a week, everything, towards this happening today, where like Toronto hired a GM who's not allowed to be at their draft table <laughs> at the draft. It's the most ridiculous. Like... president. The GM who didn't want to work with a president over him having control. It's like if you scripted it all out, an editor or a producer would have said, okay, that's that's like maybe two steps too far. Definitely. But it happened. So, okay. So we know why this happened on Thursday rather than like Tuesday, let's say, yeah. right? Because there was that bit of outstanding or whatever, whatever outstanding business the FSG guys had. Tuesday that, the deal that, was that kept Tuesday the deal was agreed to. Okay. Um is there something or do you have a vibe that there's something that stopped that took us from Friday to Tuesday? Because it seemed like at the end of last week we were moving in the in the direction where this yeah. was gonna where this yeah. was gonna get um, sewed up. Like the can kept the can the can got kicked down the road. Right. A couple times. We know why it happened the last time, but that jump from like Friday to Monday. Do you have any? Do you have any sense or anything you can yes. say about so, about why about why that might have happened? Things went really well on uh, through. Uh, Dubis was in town through Thursday, as my understanding. Last Thursday, and um, Friday he liked everything he was seeing, and wanted to go home and talk to his family about whether they really wanted to do this. Um, it was a holiday weekend in the States. Uh, so Monday was like a no go. Um, Tuesday they reconvened. Um, I don't think it was in Pittsburgh. I don't think they reconvened Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh. I don't know where yet, but, um, and, um, uh, that's when it all got agreed to. What was interesting about today's press conference is last week, um, Jen Bellano Ridgely, who's the VP of uh, communications with the Penguins. Um, and basically because of this hire, should probably be next, like the executive vice president of the Penguins. Like apparently she was like sneaking Kyle all over parts of town <laughs> to, <laughs> to like get him fed and to show him areas like, like to show staying, him staying away from Brookline though. Yes. Not, none of the places I was stalking <laughs> did I see them, but uh, I'm hopeful to, I'm hopeful to, to learn what, uh, what cuisine uh, sold Kyle on Pittsburgh? Oh, I I doubt it was Permanis. It's not it's not not Silk Road at the Cassie Village yeah. Shopping Center. Hey, sure. hey, uh, family friends. Uh, oh, it's a great place. I'm just saying he would never. He, no. he had to take a wide berth at that place. He's gonna run. He's gonna run into someone. Someone over there probably. Yes. Yeah. So um. So I think what happened last week was he did need more time, and I you know I've tried to remind myself of this while covering this. Um. His life changed pretty dramatically in four days. And um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like nine, 10, 11 days is that long 
to make a big life decision. Um, and the other thing is, I, I, I've been told that once it got to late last week, the Penguins had taken the approach of, we're going to make it impossible for you to say no. Like, everything you ask for, you're going to get, you know? Do you want cheetahs in your office guarding your, you know, personables? Fine, we'll take it out. <laughs> Who happen. among us? Who among like, us yeah, doesn't? Right, you know? Um, do you want a sunny day for your introductory press conference <laughs> through the windows? We will make that happen. The biggest we'll ask of, of all. My God. Days in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so... Um, he, for a guy who was fired, he had remarkable bargaining streak. Looking at this move, I mean, I think there are going to be people who debate the fact that he didn't have a lot of playoff success in Toronto. They won one playoff series. We've already seen a lot of people bringing that up. Um, but at the same, like for me, I look at this and I think this is the best case scenario for the Penguins, especially when you listen to the introductory press conference today. And you hear the things that Kyle Dubas was specifically pointing out about the depth and the big three. Like, it must feel really good to be Evgeny Malkin right now and have your general manager go up at a press conference before even meeting you in person and saying, I'm going to bet on this guy. Like, this seems like, I don't know how it could have been better for Pittsburgh post Ron Hextall. Well, I asked Evgeny what he thought, and he said he's good. So, um, <laughs> yay! Uh, so that's, news, a two, baby. that's a two thumbs up. <laughs> um, I can tell you that the big three were paying attention to this and uh, Dubas did have a, uh, a brief meeting with Crosby last week. It wasn't like a formal thing. Um, they kind of, so Dubas spent a lot of time at the facility last week and mm -hmm. the practice facility um, and uh, getting to know the scouts and that. So he ran into Crosby mm -hmm. there, but um Look, I, I think it's tough for me to be super critical of his tenure in Toronto because um, I remember covering the league. I'm old enough to remember covering the league when the Maple Leafs didn't even make the playoffs regularly. Mm. So True. I, I kind of look at it like that whole regime. Maybe it was time for a change, but they made the Maple Leafs super relevant again around the NHL, not just in the Mecca, right? Uh Two, and this is going to sound like a shot, and maybe it is, but there's two big differences between the core four and the big three. The core four is younger, and the big three performs in the playoffs. Mm. I can think, I mean, I can think of three, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, three, three large silver differences yes. between, between one and a, the other. There was a texter on the radio show, on the call-in, um, on the show that I host today that said, Kyle Dubas is finally going to get a core group of stars that actually know how to win. Something he's never had before. Yes. In <laughs> a he core, doesn't have a bottom six worth a damn. In a but, core but group of players. But he at yeah. least mentioned the fact that that is what they need. Like the big three were not the problem in Pittsburgh last year. It wasn't Crosby Malkin. It wasn't re-signing Chris Letang. That was the issue. And Sean wrote this really well in his piece. It was... The guys that they had and the guys that Ron Hextall showed the door for yeah. whatever reason. When I was when I was going through that, by the way, and Haley, we like we talked about this, like going through the the uh, the cheap guys, basically the Toronto signed over the last few years, like you know David Camp and these guys who were like they're nothing, they're nothing special, right? David Camp 
would have been second in goals in the Penguins' bottom six last year. Like, this is a guy And who, he scored seven goals, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry. Is he good? Like, I don't know. He can PK. He can, he can kill penalties. He can eat tough minutes, and he makes a million and a half dollars a year. What is, like, is that Kasperi Kapanen? Or whatever? <laughs> uh, nope. more, more promising than Michael Granlund. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I will say this. Uh, two points, and I'll try to make them quickly because I know I talk too much. Uh, right, we got a point of a podcast, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Haley, but didn't most of the teams the Maple Leafs lost to in the playoffs end up going to the Stanley Cup final? That's correct. Okay. I'm just saying it's possible he built really good teams that just quite weren't good enough. Mm -hmm. I only bring that up because okay, like, but if you say that, people are gonna say that you're like a Leafs fan or something. Like that there's no space for that. There there is nobody <laughs> on the planet that would accuse me of a fan of being anything Canadian. Trust yeah. me. Well, I mean, the Leafs didn't lose well, in the second round because of the group that Kyle Dubas put together. Right. I mean, you can look back at like giving John Tavares the contract that he has, and you can look at, you know, giving Nylander the deal that he wanted. But like Nylander isn't overpaid right now. And I think we need to look back. It's the same conversation we're having about the tree living and the Kachuk thing. Look back to the day that that deal was made. There was like parties in Toronto. I mm -hmm. lived in Toronto at the time. My dad called me. I was at the gym. Everyone was freaking out. Like that was a huge win for the city of Toronto is getting John Tavares. And now people want to say, yeah. well, like that was Dubas's downfall. It's like, that was a party day. Like, come on. Sure. Just... It looks bad now. It's not a great contract. And Tavares is getting older and he's slowing down. But let's not forget that that was a huge win for Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs. At the time. Kyle Dubas was a GM at 32, right? 31, He's only 32? two years younger 32. than Sidney Crosby. Older yeah. than Sidney Crosby, and excuse me. Crosby. Yeah, I mean, I'll put it this way. I, I'm, I'm, I'm much older than Kyle. Like, mm -hmm. like, I'm 45, and he feels like a young kid to me. I'm very uh, relieved to be I a mean, few months younger than him, too, by the way. Yes. Yeah, like he, he just <laughs> barely has me be. Thank God. I covered... The Penguins and Capitals rivalry and always came away from that feeling. Boy, it's kind of a shame Alex Ovechkin just happened to be born at the mm -hmm. same time of Sidney Crosby. And they ended up on these teams that are going to have to keep meeting in the second round because Crosby's teams were just a little bit better. Um, now, Alex won his Stanley Cup. Who's to say that Toronto wouldn't have won its Stanley Cup if they had if, if it had continued with things like it was? I never understood the whole you have to break up the big four. This is coming from someone who listened to what was it, Sean? Three years of break up the big three. Mm -hmm. And what am I always saying? Don't never like you yeah. and Sean has said to me many times about the Penguins, and, and I would imagine he thinks similarly about the Maple Leafs. When you're given a gift, <laughs> you know. Don't, what's the phrase, Sean? Don't waste it, right? Don't, don't waste it. Don't waste what it. do you do? All what you are you doing if you trade Mitch Marner? What it, Mitch Marner's gone in Toronto tomorrow. What's what's day two look like? You're trying to find Mitch Marner again. Yeah, you lose the trade. <laughs> you lose the trade. All you can ask for when, when you have a group of players like that is an executive who who gives a shit. 
Like that, uh-huh. that is, that is, that sounds basic, but yeah. it's true. Jim and Rutherford gave a shit. Jim Rutherford, his, <laughs> his superpower was that he cared about that more than anybody. Yeah. And, it, and it, it, it manifested itself in, in negative ways, right? The roster shuffling and some of the, some of the snap decisions that he made and the way that he left was hard, like whatever. We've, don't need to relitigate Jim Rutherford here, I, I, I guess, but. The thing he got from day one was when he walked in and was like, "Listen, <laughs> he's I may, maybe it's he. That's where Rutherford benefit from being older and being around it and realizing like that something like that doesn't come around all that often." And Dubis, to his credit, at less than half the age of Rutherford at the, at this point, he acted as if <laughs> you know the saying "act as if" he did that yeah. with the Maple Leafs and he's and he's doing it with the Penguins now. Sincerely, in a way that came through in the press conference on day one. On day one, he understands the the gift. The the one quote that was my favorite. Sorry, Rob was part of this gig is going to be to supplement the greatness that those people, being Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and Mike Sullivan, by the way, so people can stop galaxy braining him to the Rangers. To supplement the greatness that those people bring each day. That was a huge takeaway for me from this press conference. Don't you guys think? A hundred percent. Rob, I, I, and I want to ask something about Sullivan specifically, because th- this is something I've heard okay, on. Can right. we do the Sullivan? Uh, Rob, answer this question, then you can ask I just, Sullivan. I just want to point out that it was completely different than when Hextall and Burke were hired. Oh, when Hextall we were, and Burke we were there. Were hired, we weren't there. We watched it over Zoom. We watched it over Zoom. Which is insane in hindsight. You never really felt they could articulate what a plan nope. was. And we, we found out that they never could. Um, yep. Dubis, when, it was window dressing. Out it's the wind- by the way you talked today. I wanted to ask about Sullivan specifically because I've heard this. I'm not going like, to name specific names, but I've, I've heard people on the radio here over the last couple days consistently sort of like float, guess, whatever, that part of the holdup for Kyle Dubitz of the Pittsburgh Penguins had to do with like the amount of power and the amount of juice that Mike Sullivan had. And that and that, that was an issue for Dubas. Like the possibility that, you know, Sullivan was whatever, call it shadow boss or <laughs> whatever. However you want to term it was like what it was an issue for him. And can you just like blow that out of the water? Because like I'm, I'm, t- I'm tired of hearing <laughs> people talk about this. That's funny. In Pittsburgh, you'll hear things on the radio or read things in like um, self-owned websites that are just um, not tethered to reality. They're not not dialed into the organization the way they need to be. Um, You saw it with the sort of mythical Mike Sullivan problem with this hire. Um, Suddenly, Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh is viewed completely differently than he is everywhere else in the hockey world, where everywhere mm-hmm. else in the hockey world looks at it as like, he's a top five coach. Why would I get rid of him? And you're bringing in a, a president of hockey operations who had a coach in Toronto that likes to coach the same way Mike Sullivan's teams do, right? So no, there wasn't a problem. And Sullivan met multiple times with Dubis. Um the other thing you would hear or read a lot, I mean, FSG just took a pounding this week. And it was all because um, FSG is an outsider. They're Boston-based. And it's all it's all stems from everybody in Pittsburgh, or at least some, a lot of the Pittsburgh media, just assumed this thing had to be over at a certain point. 
Um, and as I talked to someone today who was very involved with the search, they kind of laughed at that. <laughs> Basically said, why would we do things on somebody's timetable that isn't our own? I, this is like exactly what we talked about in the first segment. I was like, I was like, what? Because I caught myself like falling into that trap over the last few days where, where it's like, oh, this is going to, what is this finish yet? Like, what the, f like this, it's been 10 days. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. what? Who cares? Yeah. They basically started this <laughs> search over again 10 days ago. Yeah. Um, and they targeted one person and like, I look at it like this. They called they him the morning, the morning yeah. after his time came to an end in Toronto, the morning after he was fired. They the, got permission. The, <laughs> the captain of the, the high school hockey team was dumped on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. And the, the person that was interested in taking him to the prom mm -hmm. called the next morning, wasted no time. Didn't do a Rob <laughs> Rossi move or have been like, should I? Oh, I'll ask a friend. Should I? Yeah, right. Oh, maybe a Go friend. Intermediaries. No, they were like, we want you. And mm -hmm. then they put on like none of this subtlety. There was no subtlety with the penguins. They were just like, we want you. We need you. What do you want? Like, you know, ponies, unicorns, ice cream, whatever you want. Do you, Millies. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> all we, you know, we just, we want you. And it, it took them. 10 days to figure it out. And I don't think that's too much time when you consider no. Dubas is moving his family to a different country. Mm -hmm. Not, not, this isn't like anywhere you would go after Toronto would, would be different because there's nothing like the, what is it? The melt, the, the crucible that is Toronto. Mm -hmm. Right. But you got to move to another country. Like, and you got to do it relatively quick because you need to get to work. Yeah, um, <laughs> totally. Like I, I felt like a lot of the, I felt like a lot of the reporting on this um, everywhere, both locally and nationally was guessing. 100%. We were talking about that yeah. before we brought you in, Rob, about there was like, some really all good the reporting Ottawa. on it too, but absolutely. I mean, and this is not throwing mud on our own colleagues, on friends, on other people in the industry, but the Dubis one specifically, Sean and I were just saying was really strange because it was just like, well, it's going to be this day or it's going to be this day. Oh, well, there's a holdup. Oh, Mike Sullivan's in involved somehow. Oh, maybe it's going to be these two guys. Um, oh, actually, I think he's waiting to see what happens with the Ottawa sale now. And by the way, I did a fact check. The thing on Wikipedia that says Dubas grew up a Sens fan. Is that fake? Um, it was, I don't know if it's fake, but it was credited to an article from The Athletic in 2019 that literally uh, just said Dubas was reportedly a fan of the Sens. Okay, so that's yeah, as a, as a child. That's like, that's there was that's six words in a story a couple years ago that said Dubas was reportedly a Sens fan. And then people were like, well, Dubas grew up a fan of Ottawa, so this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So we're with you, Rob. It got a little bit weird. And Things I think got a little a strange. For that. I think there's a reason there's for a, that. We had new I, ownership in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And FSG did a really good job of wanting to do, of doing what it wanted to do, excuse me, of keeping it quiet. Uh -huh. um, and what I've heard about Kyle is that, though very agreeable with the media, there were times in Toronto where he could go into a deep hole when he felt like he needed to. His mm -hmm. potential new bosses didn't want word getting out. Um, I think what you have, I think what you saw happen this week was a lot of, I don't blame them. I don't blame the reporters for this. 
Everybody think, involved wanted to keep their mouth shut. Right. That's what that's and what it is. FSC didn't want to talk people, about it, neither did neither did Dubis. I think other people, yeah, exactly, Sean. And I think other people who have been reliable sources, because I know this has happened to me. Um, I'll just speak for myself here. Reliable sources in the past would tell me things. And there may have been a time where like I had something and I could have gone with Sean knowing this, where it was like, look, you're not mm-hmm. sure. Because when you can't get somebody to even tell you, don't go with it, yeah, you get a little hesitant. And I think some people just sort of, once the Maple Leafs situation sort of started to focus on trilling, it's uh, it became obvious like Kyle and the Penguins, but I just don't think anybody was that dialed in. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, the amount of time spent makes sense because, of course, like everybody there wants to get a deal done. And also, by that point, if you're F- if you're FSG, like what's worse than not getting Kyle Dubas? Like, well, like of course he was who they wanted. Circumstances are what they are. The Leafs advance in the playoffs. Maybe if the press conference doesn't happen, like we're not having this conversation. But Penguins beat the Blackhawks. We might not be having this conversation. Uh, true. I mean, but there's a lot we're of this. We're this far down the road, right? Calgary and, Flames had one more point than the Florida Panthers. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Crazy. The, the butterfly effect of this whole hockey season goes back to that last week in Pittsburgh, right? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. The, Absolutely. The loss to the Blackhawks. Um, you know, it affected the draft. It affected this. I mean, we thought months ago that the East was superior to the West, and it turned out the West had more mm-hmm. deep, higher points. I mean, uh, now that's way off track. I just um this makes sense for this reason. If you're going to be the man or woman running the show in Pittsburgh, you need to be able to do the things that Dubas has shown he can do. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has shown he can make trades while holding on to top prospects. Not that the Penguins have a lot of top prospects. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's shown he can find good players in depth positions, right? He's shown he can work with a coach who thinks about playing an aggressive style or an up-tempo style. And he's shown that he's comfortable with a dynamic where there are stars, you know, that's something, that's something that you always, you, you've always reinforced in conversations that we had, I think to a degree that maybe I never, I didn't appreciate like as a, as a fan, like growing up, how much of the Penguins identity is built on not just high quality hockey, but like aesthetically (laughs) pleasing hockey, like goals beauty like whatever and i remember you hammering that whenever mike johnston was the coach because he he turned he turned Sidney crasby from like the most the world's greatest grinder into just a grinder basically for a couple years there and that is i think in a way that is like part of this organization's dna or has become such over the last you know 40 years and dubis is a guy who respects that part of it too like these are all things when you're watching them talk like right like as as you and josh and maybe maybe in in particular like like guys who who haven't watched kyle dubas speak all that much and aren't as steeped in it as maybe toronto people or or, or national people are like that had to be part of the of of the of what was running through your head as you're watching this guy talk at length for the first time today the first thought i had was it was the best introduction anybody associated with the Penguins has had in my 19 years. Hmm. That includes the day Sidney Crosby walked down an escalator at the Pittsburgh airport (laughs) to a throng of media and fans and killed it. It was just perfect. But Dubas was even better than that today.
Going back a bit more uh, closely to the news of the day, I guess, in the press conference um, of Kyle being introduced as president of hockey operations, we talked about his showing. He impressed. Um, and I think for me, the biggest takeaway was his comments about the depth and believing in the big three. Was there a big takeaway that you had from today, Rob? Uh, two. Uh, first um, was, I think, the elephant in the room, which is that he's comfortable with Mike Sullivan. Yeah. Um, and um, I always thought that was going to be the case for whoever was hired, but he left no doubt. Mm-hmm. Even above that was this, 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 this interested me because I, the first question went to me and I only bring that up because I asked it very, I didn't beat around the bush. I literally, just, I think I said, <laughs> so Kyle, did not. <laughs> like what's going on with a GM? Like, and and his answer was interesting to me for this reason. He he obviously, you know, he clarified that he'll basically be the interim GM through the draft and free agency. And then he said something, maybe it was just word choice, but he seems to be a pretty honest guy based off mm-hmm. his exit, in, exit press conference in Toronto. He said, if we decide to go that route, we'll do it later. And then mm-hmm. when, when pressed for like what he wanted, out of a potential GM. He talked about somebody who has strengths that he doesn't necessarily have and is progressive. And I know progressive is a dangerous word because it means a lot of things to a lot of people. But I wonder if the Penguins are even going to have a GM. I wonder if they're not just going to go find somebody that Kyle trusts, make them the associate GM, and then hire assistants to be uh, sort of specialist in area eras because he's he is the GM. Like not yeah. in title, but he is the GM. So why do you need to hire a GM? And I can't wrap my head around this. Why would he do to a GM what was done to him? I, my thought on that was that it affords him the opportunity to give someone a bump. Like, like he's like that. he like he's got like he has the priors now that the because he's he's not a he's not a first year GM or his third year. Like he had five years, you know, in that role and felt like. He'd progress beyond it, whether it's from a responsibility standpoint or from a from a cachet standpoint, salary, whatever. He was like, he took the step up, right. and now this gives him the opportunity to, you know, work work with someone maybe in a different. Where there's di- every org is different. Like I, every every there's multiple templates for the for the way this could go. So I see that I, it doesn't it doesn't strike me as odd. Like I I think I think given his Given his track record and given, you know, the way things are shaking out here, I think it makes sense, right? Because he's and, not going to, there's not going to be any kind yeah. of like weird big but brother, was, little was brother scenario going on. It was interesting yeah. the way he phrased it. It was interesting the way he phrased it. And if this is the way it's going to be, and he's going to do it basically to give somebody a chance. I go back to what Dave Beeston said the day he announced the firings of Hextall and Burke. Um, it was subtle. But it was noticeable. He talked about hockey leadership and he and he repeatedly used the phrase he or she. I do wonder if this is the first real opportunity for one of the many qualified women in the NHL to get a shot, to really get a shot at, at the big chair, at yep. the GM chair. Because to me, if you have Kyle Dubas as the president of hockey operations. If if you're going to have a general manager, 
you can afford to, I don't want to say take a chance on somebody, but you don't need to hire a, a retread. You can, you can give somebody their opportunity that uh -huh. they deserve. And in, in doing the research, I found that there's, you know, more than a handful of qualified women working in front offices mm -hmm. that would deserve a shot. And Top of my list. Go ahead. Megan Duggan. Okay. Great choice, right? The Penguins should look to do that. That would be 100%. a really big thing, not for the sake of hiring, but because now they have an opportunity where it's not like we're risking the Crosby Malkin era on an unproven person, which I think would have happened if you hired an assistant GM or something, right? Exactly. But if, you, have the, you have the structure in place that's yeah. necessary, like regardless too, to, to take a chance on, on uh, I don't want to even say take a chance, but to hire a first-time general manager, right? right? Whoever that might be. When you have the, yeah. when you have the 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 structure in place that that they do, but yeah, Megan Duggan. I hope they do it. I hope they really. If Kate Madigan. Really, if they really are going to hire a GM to, and and it's going to be a real GM and a partnership like that, I yeah. hope they put their money where their mouth was, and and yep. you know, if the best candidate is you know, isn't yeah. a white male, they should hire that candidate yeah. because somebody has to take the step mm -hmm. um, and they're in a position where you could take the step and it could work. Mm -hmm. You're not set up to fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can, I mean, learn from Kyle Dubas, be yes. like ushered in with Kyle. You're not being thrown to the wolves. Um, but you are also for the people who are going to say, I just want the most qualified. These are qualified women. Yes. Like mm -hmm. Kate Madigan's right. a really interesting one. Um, you know, she's been working in New Jersey for, for quite a few years now. I mean, she was the team's director of pro scouting. Um, she was in hockey operations and now she's an AGM. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like I believe Megan they wanted Duggan, to talk to her originally. I yeah. believe they wanted to talk to her originally. I mean, uh -huh. Megan Duggan's an interesting yeah. one because, I mean, she already had, like, she had that speech in the Leafs locker room. Kyle mm -hmm. Dubas called up Thomas clearly, Gerald clearly, and said, yeah. can you bring in, can I bring in Megan Duggan for this? And I know it's different. Making a speech in the room for pride is different than being a general manager of an NHL team. I understand that. But like Megan has like the respect of her peers. She's been there, done that when it comes to winning at the top level of her competition. And she's been working with the devils for a while too. I've seen a lot of, seen a lot a of men, a lot of men, a lot, a lot of men who's exceeded at the, at the top, whose, whose biggest check box on the resume was like high level winner. success as a player. And then, yeah. and then, and then a few years is, is the underside. There are guys within, in the big chair right now that have, that, that have that background. So one little piece of news too. um, Elliot Friedman said on the Jeff Merrick show today on the Sportsnet radio network, he thinks that Jason Spezza is going to join the organization in some capacity. Um, Jason Spezza was the special assistant to Kyle Dubas last season after he retired. We all saw the clip of him very sweetly, writing in his notebook during training camp while everyone else just sat there without uh, pens yes, or paper. Yes, fastidious note taker Jason Spezza. Yeah. How does um, Jason Spezza, assistant general manager of player development sound? Something like that. There were people being like, he's the GM, right? I was like, no, you don't go from assistant to GM. But I do think Jason Spezza being in some kind of development or ops role where he's dealing with the guys makes a lot of sense. Okay. This is going to be very interesting. I wrote about this 
about a week or so ago when I did the top free agent goalies to look out for. Will Tristan Jari be able to get like a short term, you know, not very expensive contract because of his injury history? Or is Tristan Jari going to price himself out of Pittsburgh because the goalie free agent class sucks? It's a great question. Uh, (laughs) I think it's a question that Dubis is going to wrestle with and study Uh closely. He he alluded to that today. Yeah. Um, He didn't commit to Tristan Jari. No, but he also... But he also left open the possibility that Tristan Jari was the goalie. I would just say this. I think there's a good chance Jari's going to price himself out of Pittsburgh because Uh the market is what it is. So bad. There's also a good chance that Dubas is going to look at the market and go, who else is going to play? I'm not going to do this again. He just did the Matt Murray thing. I think Dubas is going to look at Freddie Anderson playing really well in the third round of the playoffs or whatever and go, maybe I should stick with the internal guy a little bit longer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, (laughs) It might be that the Penguins want Jari on a short-term deal because yeah, of his Yeah, prove injury. it. He's been so unpredictable. Right. And <laughs> that Jari's going to get a longer-term deal because when you look at Jari's whole career and his age, he's a 27-year-old two-time All-Star goalie, which yeah. a lot of teams will jump at. Um, and I think you could have a fair debate that he would be the best UFA goalie if he hit the market and between so him and Freddie Anderson. So why wouldn't he hit the market? That's because he likes Pittsburgh, maybe he wants to keep playing behind Sidney Crosby, but maybe he just wants um, to go make as much money as possible. I think I don't know. This, Tristan this is well, his big. This is his big deal. But coming off a year where I missed so much time because of injury, mm-hmm. I wouldn't test the market. Well, depending on what the Penguins offer, if you think there's even a four-year deal out there, I think I'd have to take the term over the money. Um, don't you? Oh, for sure. Like, do you I don't think, think the Penguins are going more than a couple years. Yeah. If you're Tristan Jari, you try to take as much term on your contract as possible because you've been, I mean, it's because it's his big swing. It's his big right. UFA contract, but yeah, miss a lot of time. So I don't know. That's, that's going to, that is the only question going forward that I think um, is crucial and could have many answers. Um, yeah. And th- there's another part of that, Haley, which is also, do the players have confidence in Jari anymore? Uh-huh. And I don't know that That's answer. True. Um, I know this. The Penguins didn't make the playoffs this year. They have an older team. They're going to look different going into next season. They'll probably look different in December and January than they did going into next season. But they will be relatively rested. They're going mm-hmm. to not sure. have this sort of toxicity that existed last year. Um and they're going to look at these playoffs right or wrong and say, you know what? If you get in, you have a chance. Yeah. So they've suddenly become a lot more interesting to me because of that. Mm-hmm. I think Sean alluded to this really well in his story today. If Kyle Dubas can get a decent bottom six and get a goalie, whether it's Tristan Jari or maybe he trades for a goalie, hella buck. Demko, Gibson. I mean, you have to give up so much that so many assets that the Penguins don't really have to get those guys. Like they don't have like this great cupboard of prospects. Um, so I don't know if that's they gonna don't happen. Have a great prospect. No, they no. They have prospects. But if they can, if they can solidify the crease and get a, like a 
decent bottom six, like they're going to be a contender again in year one under Kyle Dubas. I think I, I, that, that is their only objective. He can talk all he wants about setting it up for the future, but you got a short window. If Getty Malkin has three years left on his contract, he's probably done after that. So you probably got three years with these three generational players, Crosby, mm-hmm. Latang, and Malkin, to make this work. And yeah. and it's cross that point, bridge when you get there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, and so at some point they're going to decline in a season mm-hmm. and be just players that are not great for thirty six and thirty seven years old. Yeah, so, maybe that's maybe that's this time, but and, whatever. And that's why I think it's imperative he gets the goalie thing right because they're going to need a goalie. In sixteen and seventeen, their goalie didn't have to win them a lot of games. True. Yeah, they're going to need a goalie that when they're going to need someone who shove, can steal a couple. Yeah, yeah, who can win some games. Um, who can be the band aid over some issues because their decor is thirty seven years old on average or whatever. Right. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I look at these playoffs and I just go, I look at the playoffs and I go, I could make an argument for any one of the goalie discussions. Don't pay mm-hmm. one, pay one. Like totally. Kyle even said today, like it's, I forget the exact word he used, but he basically said like, it's the hardest to figure out position in, in the voodoo. Yeah. 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 So. All right. Well, thanks, Rob. We appreciate you doing this. Thanks. All right, so that was a lengthy chat with Rob, but the Penguins in general yeah. usually Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh in general. It's the fun. It's the fun of it. Yeah, kind of goes all over the place. <laughs> if you stuck with us, we appreciate you. If you're here now, this is your bonus little treat. Uh, the gum is not off the dog. I I just went and checked. It's oh, still there. Man. So the vegetable oil didn't work. So please hit us up in the comments <laughs> about how to get the gum off my dog. But. But in all seriousness, not to go off the rails, as I say, that was a winding road. Final thoughts on Kyle Dubas? I think we about we've we've exhausted it for the most part. Like I, it's a <clears throat> it's a good hire for the Penguins. I, I think I I kind of started. I think I edged around this with Rossi. Like the alternative would have been bad. <laughs> and I think, and like, I think that's why I think that's why they made. I think that's why it was so clear that, in hindsight, that this was going to happen because there was no other alternative for for Fenway after, you know, pulling the shoot on their on their uh, original search and changing course to accommodate Kyle Dubas. And if if they were going to let it, you can't let him get away once that happens. If he's going to take the yeah. job, you got to make sure he takes the job. And it's a big win for FSG. I I think maybe that's I think maybe that's my big takeaway. Is that pretty good showing for Fenway Sports Group, which needed one because they've been the owners of of this team for about two years. We didn't know much about, we didn't know what they were about, we didn't know how they operated in, in an NHL capacity, and I think they showed us uh, over the last week or so. It was good. It was good work. Good work by them. Well, Dave Beeston, uh, who's with FSG, was asked about the process and the coaching search, and he put it he put it excuse me pretty well. He said, "I think the process was a massive success." Because we're sitting up here with Kyle. There you go. All's well that ends well, right? That's yeah. clearly that's clearly the approach they took. If they got if they got that dude, regardless of how it happened, regardless of the route that took them there, it was going to be yep. uh, a positive end. So one final thing before we end the show, I think, has been festering for a while. Oh, I've been no. thinking about it. 
Mm-hmm. I think that Kyle Dubas is the right guy for this job. I think Kyle Dubas is a good hockey mind. I like Kyle Dubas. I know weird. However, what is happening with the conversations around Brad Treliving in Toronto and the way that people are relitigating every single thing that he did as GM of the, tr- the Calgary Flames? Why are you not doing the same thing with Kyle Dubas as GM of the Leafs? Like people are looking at everything Brad did in Calgary and saying, this was bad. This was bad. This didn't turn out. He gave up a first round pick for this. It's like relitigate what Kyle did in Toronto then too. There's this really weird thing happening. I don't think people are over it yet. People aren't over the Kyle. They're not over Kyle in Toronto. And there's been a lot of like, well, look at all the stuff that Brad Tree Living messed up really bad in Calgary without like acknowledging the fact that Dubas wasn't perfect either. Look, Brad Tree Living made a lot of there's some bad moves on his resume in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Some, some real of his rough own, ones. Some of Troy Brower, bad. They had to buy that out right away. They bought out and then re-signed Michael Stone. <laughs> Michael Stone, you are a Toronto Maple Leaf market. Oh, but like there were some bad deals by Brad True Living. I think everyone knows that. But I think there's this a lot of Leafs fans are like looking at the Kachuk deal because of how well Kachuk's playing and saying, like, so the GM in Toronto who needs to like work on the core four and negotiate Austin Matthews deal is the one that traded Matthew Kachuk for Huberto. As if everyone didn't say that that was an A plus plus when it happened. A lot of a lot of short term memory loss there. Yeah. And also, and by also, the way, they got Huberto Uyghur, a first round pick and a prospect, so it wasn't just Huberto. Also, some amount of context <laughs> loss there, where people just totally. for whatever reason just. This is like, well, why didn't he lock in Matthew Kachuk long term when he could? It's like because Matthew didn't want to. Like, am I crazy here? Kachuk wanted to sign a bridge deal so he could evaluate what he wanted three years down the road. <laughs> and like, what is going on? Kachuk didn't want a long term deal in Calgary. He held out until the start of camp because he wanted a bridge deal in Calgary. The angriest I, you've, ever, you've ever been on the show, I think. I think I just, this is my safe space to rant. Yeah. And I just really needed to get that out. I think. <laughs> it's bothering also, me. Also, a lot, of, a lot of the true living criticism, there's like a level of willful ignorance to the situation in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Like, that's uh-huh. not a great ownership group. And there are baked in disadvantages to trying to run a team in that particular place, right? So, uh-huh. The Saddle Dome is this like one of the, if not the oldest building next to Madison Square Garden, but that has like that been count. revamped. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't count. The building is old. The a facilities sp- are old. This is a spirited defense of Bradtree Living. He deserves it. He deserves <laughs> I, I it. I don't feel like I want to go out and do that either. Because it's going to look like it's a, well, you were just in Calgary and Brad was probably nice to you. But I just think like, there's so much stuff right now talking about like, well, now Brad Tree Living, what Brad Tree Living is going to do better than Kyle. It's like Kyle Dubas was the best person for the job in Toronto and then he got fired. So guess what? Like no one's saying that Brad Tree Living is a better GM than Kyle Dubas. Pretty, but he <laughs> he's pretty pro- he's pretty progressive in his own and, way, too. Like he, hi- he hired he hired Chris. No, he hired David mm-hmm. Johnson. who's like a form of foremost database guys. Right. Like there's there's a lot to there's a lot of uh, quant focused stuff that happened in Calgary with. Yeah. With him at the home. The one thing I will say, though, like that's not ranting is there's 
a lot of the things that people really liked about Kyle Dubas, they are going to like about Brad Tree Living. And there's going to be things that Brad Tree Living brings to the table that Kyle didn't. Kyle does go into the hole. Kyle can be very serious and very short in media conferences. Brad can do that too. But like we saw in the press conference today, Brad was cracking jokes. He made a joke about how Gio is Mark Giordano is 75 years old and it's good to see him still <laughs> kicking around because a lot of guys don't play that long. Um, and he had a joke on overdrive on TSN today. Like Brad's got a good personality. He's funny. He'll do the dad jokes and he'll bring that like caring aspect to the table too. That's what a lot of people loved about Kyle Dubas. You know, when Ilya Mikhaev got hurt and he's in the hospital, Kyle stayed with him. And I've heard a lot of stories of, of Brad Tree Living being like very caring and like taking care of his guys in Calgary as well. One agent told me, you know, just last week, it, you're gonna, it's going to be hard to find a GM who cares more about his players than Brad Tree Living. So, well said. I agree with you. Just wanted to add that in that? there at the end because we had this whole conversation about how great Kyle is and how this is a win for Pittsburgh. And I think a lot of the secondary conversation, especially with the Bradtree Living press conference today, was like, well, that sucks for Toronto. We'll see how it works out. At the end of the day, just like the Leafs, just like last season, Brad is going to be graded on how they do when it matters most. Will it work? I don't know. But if you're going to list all of the bad moves that Brad every, made with no context, do the same God. thing. Every every GM makes some bad ones. You just, you just hope there's more good than bad when you make a hire like that. And I think that's true for True Living. I think that's true for Kyle Dubas. Yep. All right. We've been talking for far too long. I don't. Need, I think I just blacked out and yelled about the Maple yes. Leafs again. I apologize. Leafs fans are going to start to hate me. Time traveled 15 minutes in the future. Sorry, Danielle. <sighs> She's going to be like, damn it, I said five minutes. <sighs> Danielle's going to be so mad at me. All right. That's it. Thanks, Sean. You're welcome. Thank you. We'll do this again next week. You're welcome. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, sorry for the the rant at the end. Yeah, I liked it. Let me, let me know if you liked it. <laughs> Give us a rating and review comment in the section. Uh, and just a reminder, if you're not an Athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $2 a month for 12 months. 